If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, this is Olivia. And I'm Tashana. We're the hosts of Something's Not Right. We do a bunch of research and then we tell each other crazy stories. They're usually about true crime, but we're down to talk about anything strange or disturbing. So if that sounds like your kind of thing, and you don't mind a little salty language, check us out. For more info on Something's Not Right, visit notrightpodcast.net. Hey, hey, Delectables, it's Jen. And this is Lindsay. Welcome back to Corpus Delicti. We are happy to have you back. We are beginning the process of winding down our Bars and Stripes series. After this one, I think we should have about three more. So we still have some time, but just so you know, it'll be coming to an end here shortly. And we will announce our new idea maybe in the next week or two. So just. Yeah, we're going to keep you in suspense. Yeah. So just be prepared for that. But tonight. AKA, we're going to research all the requests that everyone put in and see what one has the most meat. Exactly. AKA, (laughs) we don't know yet is what that means. (laughs) That's exactly what that means. We've got we've we've got it narrowed down, but so I figured if we do a bank robbery that holds hostages in the 1800s by a famous person, that'll satisfy everybody's requirement. <laughs> yes, yes, I think so. Awesome. So tonight we're going to bring you another new story from the Prison Break series. This one is about Ronnie Biggs. We're going to go back across the pond. Now it begins in August of 1929. Now, this is when our good old friend, Ronald Arthur Biggs, was born. Now, throughout England, for things he was known for, was for his good looks and charm. But you see, Ronnie was also a very good thief. He also, as you may know him, as a part of the Great Train Robbery in 1963. He was a child of the war during the time. So, when he was a little kid, he kept being relocated from Bedfordshire to Cornwall, Our friend Ronnie joined the Royal Air Force, which he was unfortunately dishonorably discharged just after two short years. He was dishonorably discharged because he was a deserter, and he got caught breaking into a chemistry shop. Shortly after his release, he was arrested again and convicted for stealing a car. Now, this is the first time he was in prison. I want to know why he broke into the chemistry shop. Was he, like, making meth? I don't know if meth was a thing. <laughs> what was he doing in there? Like, of all the places to break into, why the chemistry shop? I don't know. So this was his first time in prison, like Jen said, and he did get out legally. So he served his time and he was set free. And you would think that he probably learned his lesson the first time, but he did not. 
So as soon as he was released, he was arrested again, this time for a failed attempt at robbery of a bookmaker's office. So uh, so that's going to be like a bookie where they take bets and, and stuff like that. This was when he met his partner in crime, Bruce Reynolds. Now let's give him some credit. He did try to become legit. Ronnie tried as a carpenter from 1960. He married a young 21-year-old Charmaine Powell, and she went uh, by Brent. She was a daughter of a primary school headmaster, and they had three little beautiful babies. But of course, they're, you know, with three kids, you've got a lot of bills and groceries that you have to pay for. So he had to get money to support his family from somewhere. So he began doing his carpentry work on the home of a train driver. Now, the train driver was near the age of retirement. Because of his age, everyone called him Old Peep or just Pop. Nobody knew his name. Pop introduced Ronnie to Stan Agate and to the idea of robbing trains. So you've got a train driver who says, hey, you ever tried robbing a train before? (laughs) Well, I know, old Pop. No, I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Now we have Reynolds. Remember the guy that he met in jail? Pop, Stan, and Ronnie began planning and arranging a holdup on a train. So the night of the robbery, Ronnie did, I think, what every single teenage girl has done. He told his wife, and for us it would be our parents, that he was going to stay over at a friend's house. (laughs) So early in the morning on August 8th of 63, which was also Ronnie's 34th birthday, the gang met up to rob the train. So this is one hell of a birthday celebration. (laughs) Could you imagine, like, are they going to rob a train and sing happy birthday to him? (laughs) (laughs) Stick a candle on the back. Oh, my word. Now, Stan was unable to operate the mainline diesel electronic locomotive because he had only driven shunting locomotives on the southern region. So if you're thinking about a shunting locomotive, think Thomas the Train. He's a very useful engine. (laughs) (laughs) But not when it comes to electric. Can you tell that we have kids? Yikes. So the driver of the intercepted train, Jack Mills, was clubbed with an iron bar and forced to move the engine and mail carriages forward to a, near, to a nearby bridge over a roadway, which had been chosen as the unloading point. So they just knocked him out and were like, do what we say. Now, Ronnie's main task had been to get Stan to move the train when it became obvious that the two were useless in that regard. And they were banished to a waiting vehicle while the train was looted. So they're so, like, you guys suck. Just just go sit down. Now, Pop and Reynolds unloaded 120 of the 128 mail bags in the time frame that they had allotted for. They took the loot and they went to hide out in a leather slade farm. In total, $2.6 million in 1960 money. That's about four, $49 million today. That is a lot of money traveling in mailbags on a train. So Ron went home that following Friday with his share of the money, which was about 147k in two canvas mailbags. So out of 2.6 million dollars, you only got 147,000. Yep, he got shafted. I see. Yeah, so that was probably his share for not, you know. Yeah, that's what he gets for screwing everything up. So all of them were hiding in this farmhouse between train robbery and by the time that Friday, the following Friday when they all went home. So to clean up all good evidence, one was supposed to burn the farm down. 
Well, one of them forgot, and the police eventually found Ronnie's fingerprints on a ketchup bottle. That's how I would go. They'd find my fingerprints on food. That's so typical. (laughs) So Ronnie was sentenced to 30 years in prison for the botched train robbery. And after 15 months, he decided he was feeling a little cramped. He didn't really want to be there anymore. And he wanted a change of latitude. So on July 8th, 1965, he escaped from Wandsworth Prison. So let's talk about how he did it. He scaled the prison wall with a rope ladder and dropped down into a wedding removal van. Let's just say ladders are a consistent thing. And so are waiting vans. They jumped a boat to Brussels. Once there, he sent a note to his wife asking him to join him in Paris, the city of romance. Oh, what if your husband robbed a train and said, oh, meet me in Paris? Be like, you better have gotten a whole bunch more than 147 Right? So Ronnie had gotten his wife, who was the daughter of the schoolmaster, remember? So this cute little rule-biting girl got new identity papers while Ronnie was undergoing plastic surgery. Mrs. Ronnie was, well, let's just say she wasn't so ready. She had been sleeping around while Ronnie was in jail, and she was pregnant. Uh Uh-oh. So this guy gets out of prison, goes to Brussels, changes his face... Tells his wife to come join him, and she's like, oh, this is awkward. (laughs) We should talk. turtle. (laughs) But he does forgive her, and she decides to go on a run. Now, she did end up losing the baby, and they traveled with two of her sons to join the husband. Now, the third son was old enough, and he decided, I'm not going. Six months later, Ronnie is now hiding out in Sydney, Australia. So I guess he's trying to cover his tracks and he's jumping from place to place. And he lives there for several months and he decides to go seaside to Glenelg. By the time him and his family arrived, they had spent all of the money. Now this was after the false papers, all of the traveling, plastic surgery. And plus he's traveling with two kids. So kids are expensive. In 1967, he gets a tip that some anonymous person sent a letter and they mailed it to Britain. Now, it reads that Interpol was on to him and that he should get a move on. So he gets this letter that says, the Redcoats are coming. You better tell it out of there. (laughs) The British are coming. (laughs) Oh, no. So... So in May of 1967, the whole family goes to Melbourne, Australia, and Ronnie rents a house in the Blackburn subdivision, and his wife and kids go to Doncaster East, and Ronnie gets a job working in construction, which lasted until about October or so that year. And a newspaper report claimed that the police were closing in on him and and They were really close to finding him. So Ronnie decides to book passage on a boat, and he went to Brazil. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. 
Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Affirmative Murders, the Equal Opportunity Podcast, created to shed a light on the darker side of true crime. Join me, Alvin Williams, and my co-host, Francel Evans, as we bring you minority stories that you may not have heard of and try to... Look, man, I'm over here trying to do the promo, and you're slurping on that drink like a crazy person. Well, for one, I'm thirsty, and for two, that was trash. Give me a try. Oh, please, show me how it's done, Mr. Promo Master. Okay, let me get my cassette tape going. A cassette tape? Yes, man, quiet down, quiet down. Let me go. Let me flip it, because that was, that was messed up. Any day now, man. Oh, these damn buttons. One more time. One more time. Yeah. Oh, got it. Hey, I'm Fran Starr from the hottest true crime podcast in the streets, Affirmative Murder, the equal opportunity podcast that sheds a light on the darker side of true crime. So check us out every week wherever you listen to podcasts. Also join us once a month for our bonus episodes, Cereal and Cereal, where we watch cereals and eat cereal. That was, that was pretty good. Um, be sure to rate and subscribe. All right, man, let's go home. I'm hungry. Now, during his time in Brazil, Rodney fell in love and fathered another child. So his wife, albeit, was not too happy and not so forgiving as he was when she was pregnant. She filed for divorce in 1974. She, allowed, she was allowed to remain in Australia with her kids and changed her name back to her maiden name. Let, okay, so you have an affair. <laughs> you go meet your, your husband because he just bailed him or he just escaped from prison. You got to forgive him, too, if he's over in Brazil. Yeah, she's like, oh, please forgive me. And then when she does it, or when he does it, she's like, oh, hell no. Yeah, that's double standards, woman. But she did the classy thing, right? She sold her story for $40,000, which allowed her to purchase her house that she was living in. So she went to she school, and she became an editor, publisher, and journalist. And her sons, who later visited Biggs a few times in Brazil, they, no one knows about them. They are living anonymously. We don't know where they are. And you know what? Good for them. I probably wouldn't, I, I would probably do the same thing. He's in Brazil living in Rio de Janeiro. So during this time, Rio did not have an extradition treaty for the United Kingdom. It was soon to make public through a reporter, Michael O'Flattery. A detective from Scotland Yard, Jack Slipper, arrived to get Ronnie, but he was unable to. That's Jack Ronnie. the Slipper, not Jack the Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I said slipper. I know. I was just being stupid. Uh, <laughs> wow. That was a fail boat. Carry on. <laughs> Ronnie could not be extradited because his girlfriend, who was the nightclub dancer, the one that he got pregnant. So Brazilian law says at that time, a parent of a Brazilian child cannot be extradited. So I'm wondering now if he knew that. And that's why uh, hey. he fell in love with a stripper. Because <laughs> I'm in love with a stripper. Oh, my word. <laughs> in April 1977, Bix attended a cocktail party on board of a Royal Navy freight HMS Denae, which was in Rio for a courtesy visit. He, you know, when you're on a ship, you're on officially that country where it's birth territory. So if I was in England and I boarded a, a USA warship, I am now on USA, USA territory. Yeah. So he could have been arrested at that point, but they decided not to arrest him. I wonder if they knew he was there. In Brazil, he was safe from extradition, but his status as a known felon meant that he couldn't work, visit bars, or be away from home after 10 p.m. So to bring in money, Ronnie and his family hosted barbecues at his home in Rio where tourists would come and they could meet him and hear him tell his story and how he committed the robbery and and all that. Uh, So basically, he's just like a public speaker, but in his own home. So around this time, Ronnie, big mugs, coffee cups, and T-shirts were also appearing throughout Rio. Now, this would have been the guy who had his own podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he would totally have a podcast today. He sits in his home and tells people the story. He would be behind the mic saying, now what had happened was. (laughs) In March 1981, Ronnie was kidnapped by a gang of British ex-soldiers. That escalated quickly. (laughs) Well, they're doing it for the money. The boat that took him aboard suffered mechanical problems off of Barbados, and his stranded kidnappers and Ronnie were rescued by the Barbados Coast Guard and was towed back into the port of Barbados. The kidnappers had hoped to collect the reward from the British police. However, in Brazil, Barbados was found to have no valid extradition treaty with the United Kingdom. Ronnie was sent back to Brazil. Oh! So in 97, the UK and Brazil ratified an extradition treaty. Sucks for him. And two months later, the UK government made a formal request to the Brazilian government to get Ronnie back on their territory. So Ronnie stated that he would no longer oppose extradition. And an English lawyer traveled to Brazil to kind of advise Ronnie and represent him. The extradition request was rejected by the Brazilian Supreme Court, giving Ronnie the right to live in Brazil for the rest of his life. Yeah, because he brought tax dollars into the the country. So basically, is this saying that the UK is, has been trying to extradite him for years? There was nothing in place that let him do it. Finally, there is, and Brazil is like, mm, nah. Yeah, we're making money off this dude. But how much money are they making off of him? I mean, not that much t-shirts and mugs. But, I mean, he's a celebrity. He's a minor one, but he's a celebrity. Give him some credit. So, that's not the end for Ronnie. So, in 2001, Ronnie announced that he was growing some balls and he was going back to the UK. Having 28 years of his sentences left to serve, Ronnie was aware that he would be arrested as soon as he arrived on Britain's soil. 
His trip back to Britain was on a private jet paid for by the Sun newspaper, which reportedly paid Michael Biggs, his son, $20,000 plus expenses in return for exclusive rights to the news story. Why did he go back? He knew that he was going to get arrested. Why go back after all that time? Ah, but wait, young Padawan. Now, he arrived on the 7th of May, 2001, whereas he was immediately arrested and imprisoned. Now, his son stated his father did not want to go back to the UK, but the rumor was that Ronnie was very, very sick. And the health care available in Brazil would not have helped him live long. So he went back to Britain for the health care. Interesting. I know. Very, very interesting. Now let's cut to a few years later. Ronnie was released from prison on compassionate grounds due to his health on August 6th. And on December 18th of 2013, he died at the ripe old age of 84. Now, so from 2001 to 2013, he was in prison. So he did spend 11 years in prison. And that probably saved a lot of years of his life. So he, he did it to maintain life. Gotcha. He was in and out. So now, he had the I, same plan that you have for when you yeah. have nothing left. You're just going to go to prison yeah. so that you can be taken care of. Got it. Now, now, I will say Ronnie Briggs accomplished so many things while he was on the run. He actually recorded a few songs, so some records, some books, some TV appearances. I wanted to remove those from the story because I didn't, I didn't want to add the Hollywood effect. I hope you enjoyed the story as much as I did, but there's so many great things. Like there's a BBC series and some great articles about all of his songs, his music, his records. But I didn't want to take away from the actual story because a lot of it would have been to Hollywoodize a lot of the information, which is true. I mean, it happened. I mean, he so he, that makes the shirts and mugs make a little bit more sense. But yeah. now that we've completed the story, was he doing it under an assumed name or something? Like not not in Brazil, really. Everything was out in the open. I mean, he was. Recording music, he was writing books, he was guest appearing in, on TV. I mean, this is why England wanted him back so bad, because he was making a mockery of their justice system. Yeah, and I guess if you can't extradite him, there's literally nothing you can do, unless he commits but, a crime in Brazil. But you can actually send kidnappers. You can, but if you do, you should make sure that they're from a place that can actually do something. <laughs> The singing and the books and the TV and stuff, was it like was it because of him being a train robber? Like, is that why it was so successful? His name alone made him a celebrity because of what he did and how he got away. Yeah. And once he got into Brazil, he knew that he couldn't be extradited or brought into prison. So what he did is he capitalized on that, like any person would, and he got approached to make a record deal. So he sang a few songs, and actually, I think one of them was actually a hit. And so he was getting royalties off of his music career. Interesting. He got to do all of that because he threw a rope ladder over a wall and got out of prison. Because yep. this this escape was not fancy or high-tech. or I mean, he got a rope ladder, climbed over the wall, and hopped into the van. So that kind of wraps up the story of Ronnie Biggs. It's, it's, a, it's a shorter one, but it's a good one. 
So since that story was a little bit shorter, we wanted to make sure that we told it because we really liked it. But since it's shorter, we did come up with a few smaller, quicker stories just to kind of throw in there for something extra. So we decided to look up some of the stupidest prison escapes out there. So let's take a few minutes and talk about some of these because there's some pretty awesome ones. Now, one of the ones I found, there was a guy in Brazil who planned with his girlfriend to to sneak him out of prison. So the way they did it is she came to visit. She went to the bathroom. She took off her clothes, gave them to him, like passed them to him, and he put on her clothes and dressed in drag and tried to leave the prison. He did make it past a few guards, <laughs> but one of the guards eventually noticed that quote, unquote, she was having a hard time walking in the high heels and he was stopped. My question is, how would she have been behind the bars? How would she have been back there? All right. So as we all know, every cell has a what? A toilet. So there's this guy who tried to attempt an escape through a community toilet. He covered his entire body with poop. And there's actually a video of, yeah, there's a video of him squirming through the tunnels covered in hoop. And he was squeezing through clogged sewer pipes. And the prison guards had to pull him out by his legs. Now, they dubbed it the quote-unquote shitty escape. I was about to say, that's really shitty. (laughs) Now, this is a Brazilian prison. What is it with Brazil, man? Get it together. As you can guess, like, nobody wanted to share a cell with this guy Uh, for weeks afterwards. (laughs) And there is a picture of him, booty naked, squeezing through the poop-infested tunnels. Save it, because that is going... Oh, my God. That's going to be... That's going to be the cover art for this episode. That's golden. Oh, my God! I'm sending it to you right now. That is so disgusting. Why can't you just go through the tubes? Why do you have to go that far? There's better ways. There is another one. There's another example where a white inmate tried to get out by pretending to be a black man. He posed as the other inmate. And he, he didn't really, he didn't check on who he was supposed to be before he tried to pretend to be this other man. And so he goes up to the guards and he's like, yeah, I'm so-and-so. And they're like, uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> There's one glaring discrepancy. As you can tell, some sometimes, you know, loved ones go visit people in prison. This went a little too far. A girlfriend came to visit her boyfriend in prison and brought a big suitcase. Juan Ramirez tried to escape from a prison in Mexico because he was hiding in the suitcase. Of course he was. (laughs) All contorted like. They found him wearing just his socks and underwear, I guess because a Hanes Your Way t-shirt would have been too constructive. (laughs) Now, he was was serving 20 years for illegal possession of weapons. I'm guessing, like, not your average little slingshot. Let's talk about Andrew Wilson, because Andrew Wilson, he was in prison where he had served time for burglary, theft, and unlawful possession of a controlled substance. So Andrew Wilson hops in a van and just steals one of the vans of the correctional officers on the property and hightails it out of there. But the part that really sucks for him is that he was supposed to be released the next day. 
Oh, so dude. wait, the 24 hours. If he would have just waited, he would have been fine. <laughs> but he got put back in. Bless his heart. Oh, I got one that tops that. So there was a huge prison escape in Brazil. Why Brazil? <laughs> I, I don't know. But there was about two dozen inmates that walked right out of the front door. You know how they did it? They got two women dressed in sexy police outfits, and they gave the guards whiskey. They spiked it with drugs. So as soon as the guards had passed out, the women handcuffed them and undressed them, and all all the men just kind of walked away from the from the prison. Now the police did say that it was all planned by an 18 year old. And one of the women that was used to woo-ha-ha the, the guards <laughs> was his girlfriend. <sighs> now, 11 were captured, and the whole story is just absolutely crazy. Can you imagine talking your how, – how does that conversation go? Hey, babe, can you come in with a little sexy prison outfit on for me? Come in and seduce the guards, spike them a little bit, and I'll just walk out with you. I mean, whiskey would have worked on me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Now, so let's let's get away from Brazil for a minute and let's go to Australia. There was a really rough prison in the 1800s and it was so bad that a lot of the inmates ended up literally going crazy from being there. So what there was a prisoner in there named George Hunt and he started to lose his mind and his mental capacity was slipping and he wanted to escape. So what does one do? He put on a kangaroo outfit and <gasps> hopped off. No. Uh, the Seriously, he got in the outfit and he started hopping. Yes, but... Hey, he beat Snoopy. The, the best part is, though, apparently it was a pretty good disguise because some of the guards actually believed he was a kangaroo. No, were they drinking that spiked whiskey? <laughs> They opened the door and they let him out, but there were several guards around who started shooting at him be- because they were hunting the kangaroo. Okay, when, how does a kangaroo get even get into the prison yard? <laughs> let's think about that. Robbery. Let's, 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 he let, committed let's, a crime. Oh, what the hell? Come on. I don't get that. My pet kangaroo just what? came in for a visit. <laughs> I mean, are they so abundant that you just see a kangaroo in the prison ground? You're like, yes. probably hop over the darn fence. Seems legit. <laughs> it, you know, yeah. Where did he get the kangaroo outfit? <laughs> where did he get it? Someone smuggled it in into. And like, it was so good there? that they thought that he was a legit kangaroo. But then things go horribly awry when they shoot at the kangaroo, and all of a sudden the kangaroo throws its hands up. It's like you got me. They're like, oh my god, it talks. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, we gotta go back to Brazil. Go back to Brazil. Dad gummit Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> Rafael Valadeo, him and two of his buddies decided to take a shower. Hey. Probably not what you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> they grab a pipe and they start busting through the wall. Okay, that went better well, than I thought. <laughs> so they bust through this wall. One guy slips through, a little skinny, winny guy who was able to make through. Rafael, so he got halfway in, he got stuck. He can't pecan walk it and squeeze through. So he's stuck half in, half out. His butt's hanging out on the other side of the wall. Oh, my. His gut's in the middle. He's stuck. They had guards come rushing in. Couldn't get him out. They had to get the fire department 
to get him. You know what his problem was? He didn't cover himself in poop first. (laughs) (laughs) Crucial mistake. (laughs) Wait a minute. There's one. Okay, there's one in Tennessee. Oh, Lord. Let me read it. I, we got us. We okay. We're gonna come back to America. We got one last president escape. This one happens in Tennessee. This is just a little bit north of us in Birmingham, Alabama. But we did. We wanted to include it. Going back Can't to the dirty South. Speaking of dirty South. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. Six men dismantle a toilet. Why? So they kick out of a toilet. It's all kind of rusty wire. Now the pipes go straight to outside. So they were able to squeeze through another pipe of poo, and they escaped. Now, two of them were caught, but four are still on the loose. Still now? I can't. So they're still on the loose. It's a dirty job, but someone's got to do they it. They probably died of, like, bacterial infection. What the heck, man? Get it together. Put on your kangaroo costume. <laughs> Why are you wasting time covering your... You, going out the... No. Thing. The perfect, the perfect thing. Get your mom to drive the eighteen wheeler. You get your kangaroo outfit. <laughs> Snoopy's on the other side. You're bouncing. You're pooping. You're going. <laughs> I just there you I go. I just don't even know what to do with all this information. Snoopy, kangaroos, poop shoots. I just, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> I think I. I'm am so too. stressed out right now. Because <laughs> of people pooping. Yes. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Okay, let's put this one behind us. (laughs) Behind us. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Oh, we need help. Yes, we do. All right, well, that about (laughs) sums up all the nonsense we have for you guys this evening. We we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah, we will be back in a week with another Bars and Stripes. And then we will be announcing our new series. You betcha. So until next time. until then. You know what they said to Felicia. Bye. Bye. Uh, Wait a second. It says our story story begins in 1929, but then it says he was a part of the train robbery in 1963. Is 29 when he was born? Yeah. Okay. This is the year our friend Ronnie was born. Okay. All right. Second line. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like... Read past the first line, Lindsay. What the heck? Ronnie had gotten the daughter of the school... What? Do you have a Sleepy Hollow shirt on? I do. Um, interesting fact, Dave's cousin, uh, he drew and sells the official logo for the town of Sleepy Hollow. And so this is his design. Like, they sell it in New York and all the stores. It's like, that's the Sleepy Hollow logo. Oh, then the, there were, okay, so there was two of them. There was a Miss Doubtfire, and then there was a drag queen. Why one. is that so common? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.